Welcome to Just Ahead Podcast. My name is Adele Dujardin, teacher turned life and leadership coach with a passion for helping others live a life that is happily theirs. Through interviews with folks five to ten years out of college, you will hear how they have carved out satisfying careers of all kinds. Here I speak with Shelby Dwyer to learn how after graduating from the University of Florida with a degree in psychology and French, she is years later a counselor and psychotherapist at a university in Boston, Massachusetts. Enjoy. Hello, Shelby. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. I'm very excited and very happy to be here. Yeah. So let, let's just chat because I, you know, I want to hear about what you do and how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so oh, do you want no, to start with what you're, what you're up to right now and then we can digress and go backwards? Sure. So I currently work full-time as a licensed mental health counselor at a local university here in Boston, Massachusetts. And my role there is doing a mix of things. So I'm working with students individually, seeing them approximately monthly for counseling. And I'm also facilitating this spring semester, which is actually just wrapped up last week for us, but I facilitate five therapy groups, four of which focus on uh, depression and anxiety in our peer support style group. And then one is a yoga for mental wellness group that is more of like a yin yoga and mental health conversation uh, group. And that's in collaboration with another office on campus. And then in addition to all that, I love doing programming and outreach. And actually just last week gave a webinar to the office of the chancellor on managing stress through a yogic lens. Um, so, so moving beyond the student population and working with the faculty and mm -hmm. staff at the university. Yeah. So what, so when you're saying you love that, your face lit up, is that your favorite part of your job or did you like that because it's different from what you normally do? To, you know, tell us some of the things that really make you excited about your job. Yeah, I really, it's funny. I won't go too much into like my history, but I did theater growing up and I loved being on stage and presenting. And I've also really enjoyed in the groups that I lead. I love offering information and sort of doing that more like instructor teacher type role. And I, I love doing presentations. I, I feel like it, I'm not usually very nervous. <laughs> Sometimes I am. It's just really exciting to put something together and share information with people that they maybe haven't heard before, or haven't thought of. And um, to toot my own horn, I, I pride myself on being engaging and I use my humor when it's appropriate. And so I think I make for a really engaging and um, accessible presenter. So it's definitely one of my main super, super major passions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it sounds like there's a bit of the theater component. Yeah. That you're getting to be center stage and, and, and have an audience, but there's this element of sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. But it also kind of sounds like you're the director, not just the actor in it. Mm, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And I mean, I certainly love the individual work and groups like the group therapy is so my jam as well. There's something so powerful of, of the, the connection that random strangers can form even when they've had such different lives. And it's such a privilege and honor for me to, to be able to hold space for that and, and, you know, be in these moments where people are so vulnerable and at that age too, college age students are just like, 
the best. And grad school students too. I, I work with grad students as well. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like on an emotional level, you're, you're touched by what you do. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and, and inspired. I, yeah. I think you use the word inspired. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you find inspiring? Oh gosh, that is a great question. I think in, there's several layers, right? In my individual work, I'm constantly inspired by my students' ability to be vulnerable and tap into those, you know, those deep parts of themselves that maybe they don't feel as comfortable talking with other people about or family with. And they're, you know, just their ability to, when they're managing all these things, you know, their classes and this, you know, weird age of I'm not a child, I'm not an adult. Um, and all the, the things that go with that, like the fact that they, you know, work so hard to take care of themselves as well is mm -hmm. so inspiring. The groups, I mean, I think I would just end up crying if I started telling you how inspiring groups are, but they're just magic. It's such magic when, when people can trust each other and feel safe and create a safe environment to, again, to use that word, but to be vulnerable, to be open, to share, and to support each other in this beautiful, loving, unconditional way. It's mm -hmm beyond yeah yeah so it's, it sounds like in those moments in the group you're seeing the best of human nature yeah. and and it seems like you just really are touched by that and then are enjoying the role as as, as facilitator and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that because it sounds to me part of what maybe you like is it's somewhat improvisational you don't you don't know what's going to happen yeah that's so funny I hadn't actually thought of that you're totally right I think it, it it parallels being in the, you know, in the individual therapist role as well as the group therapist role where, you know, I have no idea what to expect. And, and certainly like I can go into either session, whether it's with an individual student or group with something in mind based on what we talked about at the last session, and it could go completely out the window. And it's funny, I think my like years of doing theater when I was little probably prepared me for that to be able to just like fly by the seat of my pants and go with whatever comes up. And I think that that flexibility is vital in this role as, as a counselor, because, you know, if you're no matter what type of work you're doing, what field you're working in, you have to be prepared for anything, you know, anything mm -hmm. can just arise in that day. A, a client can be doing really well one week and then come in and completely decompensate the following week. And so, yeah, being flexible is so important. And what do you like here? Like, let's say I come in and I'm talking with you and, and you see I'm not so flexible. What would you suggest to help someone grow their ability to be flexible? You know, certainly I think having, having some type of like a grounding base for you, for me, it's mindfulness. In other cases, it's my theoretical approach. So coming back to what your theory is, how are you conceptualizing this client? And that can often provide more information for me as the provider to understand why this person maybe isn't as, isn't as flexible. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there were times between when you graduated college mm -hmm. and when was that? I graduated from the University of Florida in okay. 2008. So you graduated 2008 from college yep. and here you are now, but I'm wondering what were some of your, what the heck moments? I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. So I, I'm very grateful for a lot of my experience, even though my work experience, even though when I was going through it, I was like, this is absolutely shaving years off my life. This is, this is intense. But some of my, my earliest experiences 
were those moments of, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I was thrown into the fire. You know, I remember probably the most, I, I'm going to use the word damaging, but it definitely, I, I grew from it was my first day in my internship during my master's program when I was um, pursuing a, my master's in counseling psychology. I was working at a small college in Boston. I was so excited because it was my dream job and I loved the team. I loved the director. It was amazing. The woman, the director was like, great, you know, like you're going to have your first client. We're going to throw you in there. Her mom just passed away. You're going to sit with her. And I was like mentally, mentally prepared, emotionally, definitely not prepared. And I went into the session and the type of therapist I am is, as I'm very much like who I am when I'm talking to my friends or family or whomever is who I am in the therapy room. Obviously there are boundaries and I am not just like sharing details about my life left and right, but I'm, I pride myself on being as authentic as possible. And so for me, it felt authentic in the moment to show some emotion and my eyes watered. I wasn't crying. I did not bawl my eyes out or do anything because obviously that would have made the client want to take care of me rather than me take care of her. But somehow because it was a small school, word got back to the director that like I sobbed in the session and that the student was really uncomfortable and it was just like so intense and very, I think I, I want to say it was very upsetting for me. It was extremely upsetting. And I never had the chance to do any kind of reparative work with that student. They never came back and that's fine. I'm sure that they worked through it, you know, appropriately with other providers or whatever. But for me, it was a really important lesson in just like checking, I guess, checking myself in the moment. And I'm curious here. So, you know, it, it didn't play out well for you. And what did you do about that? Yeah, I think the reason that that one came to mind was because I felt like in the moment that I had really done like my best in that moment. And I, I wouldn't change how I interacted with that student, even now, because I was, I was certainly a baby therapist. I wasn't even licensed yet. I'd been working in the field for a few years, but it was definitely a what the heck moment. And like, what the heck did I do wrong? What, what did I miss here? And I know now certainly to, I don't want to say it, it's not about controlling emotions because it's not that I was out of control but I keep my emotions more in check and I'm very much aware of like how my reactions and how I am reacting to what the person is saying could make them suddenly take care of me or worry about me and take the focus off of them. So I think that was a, that was a major, major learning experience for me. Yeah. So I, I hear you saying a heightened awareness of your impact on others mm -hmm. is Absolutely. something for people to consider no matter what field they're in. Um, is to really be thinking about how your actions, behaviors, even your, the nonverbal will be impactful. Yeah. And okay. so you, obviously, you, 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 know, you mentioned you've received your master's, your licensed therapist. Mm -hmm. Did you go to graduate school right after college? And, and what did you major in in college? So I majored in psychology and French in my undergraduate career. And then I took a, about a year off in between uh, undergrad and graduate school. When you were a psychology major, did you think, oh, I'm a psychology major because I want to be a therapist? So I've known that I wanted to be a therapist since I was in high school. I remember I took a class, psychology, it was like psychology 101, basically, uh, my junior year of high school. And I remember watching videos of Philip Zimbardo, 
I don't know if folks know who he is. He's the gentleman behind the Stanford Prison Experiment and is is a controversial but very well-known therapist. I had also been introduced to Irvin D. Yalom's work and fell in love. And as cliche as it sounds, people would always talk to me, (laughs) whether it was family or friends, Mm -hmm. people would come to me for support and advice. And I was a really good listener. And I found that I'm I'm typically a, a really good communicator, a strong communicator, not to go all astrological, but I'm ruled by Mercury and my sun, moon and ascendant signs. So it's all about communication. So I've, I've always been really drawn to it. And initially, yeah, my, my dream was, I'm going to be an individual therapist. This is what I want to do. And that has definitely shifted over the years based on just figuring out, you know, what, what lights me up and where my energy is most abundant. Yeah. So you took the year off. So I took the year off. And then I, I and what did you do? What'd you do for that year? I, I worked, you know, I worked eight years um, at a, from like high school and then through when I'd be home from college. Um, Cause I, I went to back to, I'm, I'm from Florida. I grew up in South Florida, moved to Massachusetts when I was 14, had college paid for in the state of Florida based on what my parents did when my brother and I were young. And so I went back to school there at University of Florida, go Gators. <laughs> and I had worked through high school and college. I would come home and work at a newsstand and I loved it. I, I love the family. I still um, have contact with them today and they're wonderful. And so I worked there for my time that I was off. So then I, I applied to a bunch of schools. Um, I remember I interviewed at Temple University in Philadelphia and really liked it. And then I interviewed it here in Boston and I fell in love. And I made in the interview, actually two women who are still my best friends, like to this day, we were in the same interview and in the same cohort. And that was really cool. So that was in, I graduated from that program in 2011. It was a two-year program. And your degree is exactly what? Um, I have a, a master's in counseling psychology. And then my licensure, I got licensed in 2013 in the state of Massachusetts as a licensed mental health counselor. And now you're in the university setting doing the group and individual counseling, but you said that wasn't so evident that this is where you'd wind up. Yeah, I, I think that I, I loved college and I love learning. I, like if I could be an eternal student, I'm all about it. I get so excited to sign up for CEUs just because I'm, I'm constantly eager to learn and expand my knowledge and self-actualize and all the things. So I found that I had this real passion for schooling and I, I did my practicum at my, actually at my old high school under my former guidance counselor, which was really cool. And I really loved it. And then when I did my internship at a college, I was like, this is it. I love it. So I, I shifted to that. And then eventually over the past few years, I've, and really firmed it up last year that I think I'm, I'm more in line with doing more groups, more programming and outreach one of the major reasons that I love higher ed is, is because of the college community. You know, the, the whole reason I got into it was to, to establish the connection with all the different offices so that I can really fully support our students, you know, and yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like working as a therapist in a university setting is a good match for a lot of your core values. Definitely. I mean, so it's not only do you, are you in the profession that is right for you? but it's, it's in an environment that allows you to be that lifelong learner. You're with other people who share those values. You're in a community that's supporting that. And I Definitely. think what you're highlighting here is so important for listeners is know some of those underlying things, not just the particular profession, but the, um, the, the environment, the culture where you will actually be doing the work. Absolutely. 
And I think you bring up a really good point too. For me, everything really shifted last year when I realized I wanted to follow what gave me energy mm-hmm. rather than what I thought was expected of me or what the typical path was. And as soon as I did that, I can't even tell you, like, I really feel like things have started to totally open up and in ways that I've been dreaming about for years. Yeah. Well, I certainly did the work to get here, but yes, I've but had like, great support. But a great question to frame everything around. Say it again, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, find what lights you up. Like follow yeah. the energy, you know, like, yeah. I, I, yeah I, and what do, you, what do you say to people who say, oh, that sounds just all so wonderful. She's now got it figured out and... Oh, I definitely don't have it figured out. Oh, no, no, no. And I, I, you know, I think that's coming back to the flexibility, right? Like I, I'm very certain that who I am right now is going to be very different in five years. You know, I was, um, I, I'm also a certified yoga teacher and I completed my training in February of 2018. And at that time I was like saturated with yoga. I was all about it. I was like, I live and breathe this. I practice five times a week. I love it. And now like I roll out my mat you know, to teach and maybe do a couple of poses, but I have a very different relationship with it that focuses more on philosophy. And that was just in two years. So I'm very much aware that this could shift and change. And I think that it's important to, to be aware of that as well. Like this is not a commitment forever. And the field too with psychology, if that's what some folks are going into, is so broad. Like I have friends that do organizational psychology and go into businesses and do consulting that might be my retirement plan, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of different ways to go about. Yeah. So it sounds like to have this global question, mm. but not assume that you, the answer has to be something that's going to play out for the next 10, 15, 20 years. That right. you know, stay focused on the big picture and then like hunker right down on what's in front of you. Right. Create create right with what's around you coming from that big question. Right. What would you um, want to demystify for younger folks in college or just out who are, you know, trying to figure this career thing out? Oh gosh. I love this question. You, you don't have to be someone you're not, you know, like you don't have to go into the therapy room, like this super buttoned up professional, person who puts on the therapist voice, because that's actually what I did when I'm, and I'm just remembering it now as we're saying this, but that client that I met with when I was at my internship that the mom had passed away, I went in, I used to talk, I don't even know what I sounded like, but I used to talk with like this really soft voice and I would try to be really empathic. It sounds so creepy. I can't even do it, but I was trying so hard to be the model that I I thought I was supposed to be. And, and following in the footsteps of the people that had come before me or the people that had trained me that, you know, had gone to school many years prior to when I completed my program. So, you know, initially that's going to happen. You're going to mimic your role models and, and it takes time to really find your style. And I think that the more authentic you can be, the, the more beneficial the work will be in the therapy room. Yeah, or, or in the boardroom or, or the on board the playing yes, absolutely. playing field or whatever. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I think people people want authenticity. That's they want to interact with someone right. who's authentic. Right. And talk to me about fun, because it just seems like you have a lot of fun. And I um, am a big proponent of play and playing mm-hmm. at work. So it seems like you've 
So yeah, you're saying, mm-hmm. so what's running <laughs> through your mind? Is I, I, I just try to, you know, it's not like I'm making jokes all the time or trying to make people laugh all the time, but I think that it is so important to bring a lightness in when you can. There are, there are moments where it's certainly not appropriate, right? Like whether it's I'm talking with colleagues or if I'm in a session with someone or in group, but, but humor can be such a powerful way to, to make people feel comfortable and safe and to let them know, like, it's okay. You know, it's like, oh, this is fine. You know, like, yes, this is serious work. And at the same time, we're human and we can laugh. Like, that's okay. And it's a beautiful part of healing when you can find humor. And um, my next question is, what, what has served you the best as you've found your way in your career? I think that what has served me best is my ability to take care of myself. Because this is absolutely, at times, really challenging work. And I, I had to find, you know, it sounds so cliche to say like find balance, but that's what it is. So at least for me, it's, it, I needed to find the balance of, of, you know, doing the work, you know, pouring, I'm literally like pouring my heart and soul into the work that I do because I care about it so much. I care about my students so much. I love my job. That can also be draining. And, and I'm an empath, and I don't know if folks are familiar with that, but Dr. Judith Orloff has some really great literature on that. Um, and so I, I can, I'm very sensitive to other people's emotions. I can take them on. So it can be really draining. And for me, you know, I, I know that I have to have things in place like a, an exercise routine, time to just be quiet and be in nature, read. I, I have my own therapist that I meet with regularly. And you know, supervision when I need it, collaborating with colleagues, but really taking care of myself and, and, and nourishing myself so that I can help other people. Cause I'm, I'm totally no use to anyone if I'm drained. Yeah. And what about what served you well during the interview process, the job search process? <laughs> yeah. That had moments of being pretty grueling. Um, especially if folks are, are trying to move toward licensure, you know, at least initially some entry level positions are, are harder to come by or are more, the ones that you want are harder to come by. And I definitely, I remember like submitting so many applications and going on several interviews and I had to come back to trusting that, I guess, I guess what served me was like my, my trust, my sense of trust, trust that the right job is going to happen trust that I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that I can get a position that I want that's going to be, you know, that's going to serve me and make sure that I can continue to grow professionally. Um, and, and yeah, trust the process, you know, again, as, as cheesy as that sounds, but really trusting in the process and, and believing that it's going to work out and knowing that, you know, it's not personal, it's business. Sometimes it might feel really personal, especially if it's like you can envision yourself in this role you want it so bad. You've, you know, you've sent all the handwritten thank yous and everything. And, and then you find out you don't get it. Like, yeah. So in those moments, allow yourself to be sad, you know, do what you need to do, feel what you need to feel, set it, set a timer maybe, or give yourself a day. And then you continue forward because it just means that that wasn't the right time for you. Can I share an anecdote related to that? Yes. And I also want to know, maybe this is in the anecdote. Yeah. How were you able to that place of trust. Yeah. Well, you know, I have moments. 
I want to mm-hmm. be real, real. Um, yeah. I have moments where yeah. like, that's hard, right? It's like, it's near impossible some days where I'm like, I'm, I'm also super control freak. And so like, I want things to go how I want them to go. So it, it comes and goes. It's something that I continue to work on. I think for me, definitely my, my relationship with meditation, I took a 10 week course on meditation when I was an undergrad. And I remember near the end of our sessions, maybe it was like week seven, I had an epiphany or whatever. It was like a moment where this phrase, everything is temporary popped into my head. And that's really become a mantra for me. And I think it, it helped carry me through those moments of uncertainty, knowing that it's temporary. This discomfort is temporary. Um, and certainly now like yoga and especially yin yoga, the practice of that and the yogic philosophy that can be found for me in the yamas and niyamas is a way of um, really increasing my trust muscle, working that trust muscle. And so it's funny in hindsight, it was my dream job. And I remember I interviewed there in 2013 and I interviewed several times and I was certain that I had the job and then I didn't get the job. And then in December of 2014 or the fall semester of 2014, I had a friend that worked there and there was another person on staff who was going out on maternity leave and they were going to hire a temporary employee. And so my friend was like, you need to hire, like, we need to get Shelby in. She's awesome. I ended up working there part-time temporary. I was working a full-time job going Tuesday and Thursday nights and some Saturdays almost every week in addition to work this part-time temporary job because I wanted it so bad. And so I did that through May of 2015 and eventually in October of 2015, I got hired as a full-time employee. And so it was just really interesting. And I'm grateful that I didn't actually get the job in 2013 because I, was, I stayed at a different, my, that current job that I had then, which I'm convinced definitely shaved some years off my life. It was very mm-hmm. challenging. It was in an out, um, outpatient partial hospital program. But I, that, that position really thickened my skin and helped me have amazing clinical skills because of the level of exposure to more acute cases. So just really interesting, you know, how it worked and just the timing. I think everything happens the way that it should and the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. That's a beautiful illustration of what you're helping us understand. Mm -hmm. And also a testament to your relentlessness and and determination. Is there anything else um, before we part that you'd like to share? I think, well, and this is going to probably be released soon, given sort of the circumstances that are going on. Yeah, I think I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the pandemic happening and how I know that like my students that I'm working with are terrified of what what's going to happen and what the job market is. But, you know, right now there is such a need for this type of work. And there are so many opportunities with virtual, you know, whether it's it's therapy or groups or consulting, whatever it is, like there are opportunities there. And I know that it's scary, but maybe you can come back to like that trust, you know, and, and, and trust that like, it's going to work out, <laughs> which sounds so scary. Cause it's like, well, we have no idea. Right. And like, we don't, we have no idea, but I, the, we're not going to be in this forever. Everything is temporary and, and you're going to find, <laughs> you're going to find that dream job. It may not be the first one that you get and it's okay. Cause you'll make the best of it that, you know, you'll do what you got to do and, and take care of yourself. Thank you so much, Shelby. It's been a treat. And I think I'm going to steal everything is temporary. I love it. So thank you so much. And I wish you well during this time and appreciate that you shared your story. 
Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And and all the listeners, best of luck and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to Just Ahead. Be sure to rate and subscribe our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about me, visit my website at www.agoodlife.coach or follow me on Instagram at agoodlife.coach. Join us again next week to hear more folks share the practical and inspirational around their working lives post-college.